0: Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is daddy soda time on The College Draft podcast, which is presented, of course, by BetOnline.ag. Love that promo code, PODCAST1, to get the 50% welcome bonus. This is crazy. We are just about, in fact... It is August first, which is amazing. That means we've got real college football games in like three weeks. Somehow, I don't know how they did that this year, but like real college football games in three weeks, which is very very exciting. Speaking of exciting, um, I'm pumped about today's guest. Uh, He's been on before. Really enjoy any time we get a chance to get him on the show. I'm also pumped. I should tell you about Fantasy Pro's Draft Wizard. Look, the draft is the most important event of your fantasy season. Period. You guys know that. A few costly picks, your championship dreams are doomed. Especially those of you trying to get in the Fantasy Feast Redraft League. That's why you need to make sure you check out the Fantasy Pro's Draft Wizard. Starting with the free draft simulator... You can complete realistic mock drafts in just five minutes, allowing you to quickly test different strategies. After every mock draft, instant feedback is provided in the form of draft grades and projected standings. Very cool. The draft wizard also includes a live draft assistant that syncs with your draft to offer you real time advice while you're drafting against your buddies. You get a recommendation. From 100 experts on who to draft based on your available options, fully tailored for your league settings. Custom scoring, traded picks, keepers, auction formats. Use the draft wizard as the easiest way to crush your draft this year. Very cool. Whatever you want. Website, iPhone, Android. To get this special offer for complete draft wizard access. Visit fantasypros.com slash college. That's fantasypros.com slash college. Always good to talk with my buddy, NFL draft analyst, John Ledyard. You can and should check him out on Twitter at LedyardNFLDraft, L-E-D-Y-A-R-D, John, as always, buddy, thanks for coming on the College Draft.
1: Absolutely, Ross. Thanks so much for having me, man. It's been a while. I'm looking forward to diving into some prospects with you.
0: Yeah, so let, let's just start with the quarterbacks. I feel like you have to, um, and, and I guess I want to know from you, is there a clear number one in your mind, or is there a clear pecking order among the prospects we anticipate being in the 2020 NFL Draft?
1: Yeah, I feel like we've looked forward to this quarterback class a lot, but I do think everybody's got flaws. I think just in terms of talent and ability, Tua and Herbert are kind of above the rest. Um, but I don't think both of them, you know, both of them to me have, have significant concerns that we need to be worried about and that we need to be watching closely to see how they grow this season. Again, I'm not really worried when a quarterback has another year to kind of go out there and prove it and develop. But for Tua, I think there's definitely decision-making things when the competition tightened up when the coverage just tightened up, when teams started to figure out a little bit of what they did well, he didn't really adjust as well. Obviously, he was banged up, too, and that has an impact as well. So, seeing him fully healthy again, I think, will be big. Um, But also, seeing how he reads defenses, I think that was something that down the stretch of the season, you know, when, when teams started to come with more complicated coverages against Alabama. Started to get a little bit more physical with their receivers. Um, the pass rush started to get there a little bit quicker. I didn't think he made decisions quite as quickly, and when he did, I think that some of those balls were, were inaccurate. Um, he went through bouts of inaccuracy late in the season as well in certain games, and, and so what's the consistency like with Tua in, in terms of if there's going to be pressure, there's going to be tighter coverages, he's still able to get things done. He throws a gorgeous deep ball. Um, he obviously his has improvisational abilities. Uh, sometimes he relies on that a little bit too much. Uh, but there are obviously traits to really, really like about him. The other question is, and it's a question that exists with Justin Herbert as well, is mechanics-wise, you know, how much are we going to pick apart these guys? There's, a, there's always the people that are like, you know, if they aren't great, they just leave them alone. There's always the people that think you should fix their throwing motion in the NFL. Tua drops the ball a lot when he throws, uh, still comes out pretty quick. Justin Herbert has some issues with his base. Um, issues with the consistency of his throwing motion as well Um, he has an unbelievable arm i mean i think we talked about drew lock last year but i thought justin herbert's arm was even better the problem with herbert is the inconsistency in terms of his eye manipulation the defenses he will lock in on guys and make poor throws and poor judgment throws because of that Um, he just has a tendency to be a really one-track mind quarterback and can process a little bit slowly so I still think Justin Herbert is raw, and remember, he's been hurt a ton, so I think durability is a question with both of them. I think both need to develop from the neck up, and I think at some point, Justin Herbert's going to have to be, I'm the guy, I can go out and win big games for us. We've seen that from two already, Uh, but for, for Justin Herbert, can he go out, can he win big games for Oregon, can he get them back and, you know, they for a while there they were up high in the rankings. Can you get them back high in those rankings and keep them there? Maybe get them into the college football playoff, something like that. Can have one of the best offensive lines in football. So I think the expectation with Justin Herbert maybe goes beyond what it is for two. Everybody knows Alabama is going to be very good. The question with Herbert is, can he? Can he kind of ascend Oregon back to the heights they used to be? Is he that kind of a talent? Because the talent around him is going to be pretty nice this season in Oregon. Now, if he can kind of take them to the next level, we could be talking about a playoff team.
0: You know, it's kind of interesting uh, because even last year during the season, people were talking about Herbert like he was going to be the slam dunk number one overall pick that year and that that was who the Giants were going to end up drafting and then – you know, as the year went on, there were more issues. He didn't even end up leaving school, which we'll see whether or not that was a good decision. But he went came back to Oregon for another year. And now you hear all the stuff about tank for Tua and stuff like that, but you're pointing out some flaws. And it also seems like a lot of the times with these guys, when they then play that other year, other flaws get noticed and, and maybe maybe they aren't as highly touted. It's, it's like the more we see from these guys, it almost feels like the more scrutiny there is and people don't feel like they're that great. You're almost better being a Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins.
1: Right, and I think that's the worry with Justin Herbert. Uh that really is a big concern. I mean, to me it was like there was just no way he was going to be a top pick last year. I mean, Kyler Murray probably still goes number 1. He was going to go somewhere in that top 10. Um, even as flawed as he looked last season, no, it back to Josh Allen, Josh Allen declares early and he was, he had such a flawed season, uh, Wyoming, everybody they played that was, you know, a top team or one of the better teams that they could have faced that season where he could have really proven himself, one of the better defenses, every team like that, he just fell apart. I mean, he was at his absolute worst against the best teams that they played. His numbers were bad. There was not much consistency in the tape and yet still the guy went in the top 10 just because teams were that excited about his talent uh, and his natural ability. And so I think that there's some of that with Herbert in terms of they're down the stretch this season. He really didn't play well. The big concern now is, okay, he didn't play well, but I think teams would have overlooked that just because of the raw count. The question now is if he gets hurt again this season, are teams going to be able to overlook the fact that he hurt three straight seasons? Um, is that going to be something that weighs just too heavily upon them? Um, You know, I think that that's going to be something to watch for with him. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to prove that. I don't even think it's a toughness thing with him necessarily, but the ability to withstand and stay on the field uh, through a lot of contact in the pocket. Like I said, great offensive line, maybe the best in the country returning for Oregon. That will certainly be helpful to him. Uh, But at the same time, yeah, that is definitely one of the big concerns with Herbert is there's already concerns on the field. Teams may be able to get over those just because of the physical tools. But at some point, you're going to have to prove that you can stay on the field because that, to a lot of teams, they don't feel like they can fix durability issues. They feel like they can fix a lot of other things about your game. So to me, that was a big worry if you're Justin Herbert and you're coming back is you had that really injury-laden season two years ago. Now this fast season banged up from time to time, not at your best because of it, but still nothing significant enough the teams would really hesitate that much on you. Now you've got to come back for another season and stay healthy and continue to improve on the field probably to put aside those concerns against what most view is a better quarterback class. So it's definitely a tougher task now for Justin Herbert. It was a personal decision for him, you know, playing with his brother and, and wanting to finish his degree and that stuff being important to him. So how important is football? How much can he take charge of a huddle? Those are all going to be questions surrounding him that really aren't there for Tua. Everybody kind of expects Tua to declare after this year. Everybody knows that he loves the game. and So I think that Herbert's going to face those questions and the kind of extracurricular stuff uh, than than Tua will, and that may sway his draft stock one way or another stronger than it will Tua's.
0: In your mind, John, is, is Fromm clearly the the next guy, the number three guy, or... Are there other guys you know that we should be talking about and thinking about?
1: I think Jordan Love deserves some some talk for that number three spot as well. Uh, right now, I see it as a distant number three, but I am kind of a sucker for a quarterback with great mechanics and a quick release who throws pretty accurately. And I think that's what you get with Jordan Love. Um, so I like him. There are things decision making wise that really need to improve for Jordan Love uh, to be at his absolute best and and to be able to peak. But I think everybody's okay with that right now. They see a, good, a really good arm, and they see good accuracy. Uh, they see good mechanics, and that's kind of a nice base, a nice building block for him. Um, now he's got to make better decisions, learn to let some plays die, and learn to live to fight another down a little bit more. Uh, if he can mature and make progress in that way, I think he has the ability to overtake Fromm. There are a couple other guys maybe that have the ability. To me, Jake Fromm is just a system guy. Like, There's just not enough arm there. Or, or great anticipation there for him to consistently be able to beat tight man coverage. And I think in the NFL, I mean, even if you just look at the types of quarterbacks that teams have really valued over the years, uh, over the last few years especially, having some level of physical, you know, traits that kind of you can work with as a, as a as a coach that you can build up and kind of all the other supplemental traits you can kind of make stronger, but you can't, that arm kind of is what it is for most of these guys uh, when they get to the NFL. And I just don't think Jake Fromm is a great arm. I don't think NFL teams are going to see him as having a great arm. They know he's a great kid. They know that he works hard. They know that he loves the game. Um, And those traits will all help him, you know, when it does come for draft time for him. But at the end of the day, you have to have great physical traits too for NFL teams. I don't know if they'll see him that way. Um, Also, he does make some poor decisions in the football, and that internal clock in the pocket needs to speed up. He's got to be quicker with his processing. So I think that he's very system-reliant. I think teams are going to actually end up seeing him that way. I don't know if we're going to be talking about Jake Fahm as much now as we or as much draft time as we are now. Um, I understand why we are now, obviously, with Georgia's success and the success he's had there. But at the same time, there are limitations there in my mind that are going to make it kind of an open door for that number three quarterback spot as some of these other guys. We always have a surprise guy, right, Kyler Murray? Surprise guys at the end of the year. you know, Those types of players, as they kind of shoot their way into the conversation, I think we're going to have Jake Fromm see him get pushed back a little bit when other guys rise up this season.
0: Interesting. Um, Are there any other names that you want to throw out there now before before the season starts? Obviously, we talked to a from, I'm hearing more and more about this, Jordan Love from Utah State, the junior. And we talked from, any other name or two that you want to mention before we move on to another position group?
1: There are two guys from a physical skill standpoint that NFL teams are going to be really excited about. One is Jacob Eason at Washington, who's going to have a good supporting cast around him. I just haven't – I mean, he didn't play last season because of the transfer year before Fromm took over for him. We just need to seize. I mean, he could be a totally different player. There's just a, there's a great arm there, size the teams want. Um, but I don't know about the rest of it. Decision-making, athleticism, those were all question marks when he was playing at Georgia. So, obviously, a guy that had a lot of interest as in a prospect a while back. Now, can he sustain that? Um, can he continue to build on that? Can he work his way into this conversation? Um, so that he's one to watch for. And then Nate Stanley and Iowa as well, uh, a lot of intrigue around him. I believe, I think Todd McShay had him in his top three quarterbacks at the beginning of last college football season, maybe his top two, and was mocking him in the first round. And that was a little bit rich, but I still think physical talent, Nate Stanley definitely has some intriguing traits that, that can be developed. Like I said, NFL teams will get really excited about those traits, even if they don't do much in college or don't particularly play well in college. They love to see those traits. So those are two guys from a physical standpoint that I keep an eye on this season.
0: All right, let's move on to wide receivers. There's a lot of talk about it being a really good quarterback class and a lot of talk about it being a really good wide receiver and edge rusher class. So those are the ones that we're going to focus on. I've seen other guys like my buddy, Dane Brugler say it could be like an all time wide receiving class, and comparing it to, mm-hmm. I guess, twenty fourteen. Uh, do you see it the same way? Do you think it's that good of a group? And who are the guys that really stand out to you?
1: Yeah, right now I definitely do. I think Dane's spot on. I mean, there are so many players in this class that uh, there could be in this class, I guess I should say that that stand out in different ways for different reasons, different traits. Um, receiver is often about drafting for your fit right what your team needs you know do you need a skyscraper who can be a big red zone threat you might think about drafting this type of a player do you need a speed threat that can stretch the field do you need a slot you might draft one later you know there are different elements to drafting a receiver and so a lot of it becomes difficult to rank obviously jerry judy is one of the top guys for me but his teammate henry ruggs excuse me, at Alabama also, I think he's one of the best players in the country. I think you could put him in the conversation with Judy for top wide receiver in the country right now. Um, there are so many different guys. C.D. Lamb at Oklahoma getting a lot of attention. Tyler Johnson from Minnesota has gotten some attention. I mean, there, uh, T. Higgins from Clemson had some of the best catches we've ever really seen at the college football level last season. There are, I mean, there are so many names in this wide receiver class that kind of generate a lot of buzz and excitement, not only because they have upside for the NFL, but they're already doing it at the college level. It's not like we have to project for a lot of these guys. They are producing at an incredible rate already. Um, And so I think that that's one of the things to get really excited about is that they could hit the ground in the NFL because they've played from such a young age. I mean, Judy is a true freshman. Uh, um, uh, T. Higgins is a true freshman. Uh, Ruggs is a true freshman. Like, all these guys are playing early on so they could hit the ground more ready to make an impact in the nfl than we've seen from recent receiver classes even going back to that obj uh you know jarvis landry Sammy watkins class that whole that whole class even then the nfl has changed so much since then to really be able to become more of a dynamic passing league and aid the passing game that i think you're going to see production at least that is on level probably with those guys when this class gets to the nfl
0: is there a guy that that stands out to you that you think is clearly the top guy, or is there a guy that we're not really talking about that that you wanna that you want to uh, highlight?
1: To me, Jerry Judy is the top guy. I mean, I am a huge fan of Jerry Judy. I have been. I mean, all last season, just I mean, he ran by everybody. He's unbelievable in terms of adjusting the ball in the air. Um, he is a little bit slight of frame, but I don't, I'm not even overly concerned about that. I mean, we've seen guys with his type of speed and and dynamic ability in the open field. I mean, elusiveness is incredible. Um, he plays hard. He plays physical. Um, if he can bulk up even a little bit, and I think he will, I think he'll bulk up enough so that he at the combine he can be one eighty five, one ninety. We're in that range. That's completely fine. You know, he has that six foot mark. That's completely fine to me. You know, I think those will be. The questions that, team, that teams will want to see, and that fans will want to see, and media will want to see, is how big does he end up coming in? But he's going to run in the four threes. I mean, he is so dynamic. He is so fast. Um, that Alabama receiving core, like I said, could have three of the best receivers in the country um, this upcoming season. So to me, it's just. I, I, to me, it's for him. It's about staying healthy. Um, I don't think, in my mind, at least, like he has a He is on the fast track to be in the top ten pick. Um, as a wide receiver in the NFL, like I just think there's that much that there's that much skill there for him, but also upside. I mean, like we so said, with his athletic ability and speed, teams are going to envision using him in all sorts of ways. Um, they're going to envision him becoming a, a really good slot receiver as well as being able to work on the outside and they can create mismatches with him. And you and I know that's the way that the league thinks. They think about guys they can create mismatches with. So to me, I think he's the most dynamic guy in an unbelievable group. I could see other people loving other receivers kind of on the same level, but to me, it's, I, and the, the name we've been talking about for a while, Jim, we've been talking about rightfully so because he is a, he is an absolute beast all around at the wide receiver position.
0: You know what I think too, John, is the one thing I've noticed is I don't think teams care as much about whether it's DBs or wide receivers. I don't think they care as much about how much they weigh and how rocked up as they used to. You know, like how physical, how physically Mm -hmm. impressive they are. I mean, Hollywood Brown got drafted. You know, he's not even like he's like a buck 65. He was a first round pick. Deshaun Jackson, Mm -hmm. obviously, I don't think he even weighs a buck 80. I guess I just look at some of these guys, Rondell Moore, who will only be a true sophomore. But I I just think that there's, if you are agile enough to get off of press coverage, I I think people are looking more for the guys that have the quicks and the separation than thinking, oh, he's got to be 205, 210, whatever the case may be.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that may very well be true. And if so, Judy and his teammate Ruggs are going to get a lot of love from people because um, Ruggs is incredible as well. I mean, a little bit smaller, I think, than Judy. But, I mean, I, I would not be surprised if he runs in the four twos. 2s um, He could break the record. Uh, not only does he have great speed in terms of being able to run 40 yards fast, but he plays even faster. I mean, his acceleration – with the ball in his hands or just off the line of scrimmage, it is hard for any defensive back to match that type of acceleration, especially the NFL gravitating more toward long-legged and, and longer defensive backs. Uh, I don't know that they're going to be able to be a lot of guys that they can match what Ruggs does, and they're going to think they can press him. They're going to think they can beat him up at the line of scrimmage, but I don't know that that's the case. He is just so quick, and he's so physical, despite being a smaller guy, you know, People think he's kind of a one-trick pony because of his speed and his size, but he made probably three or four of the best contested catches this past season at Alabama, and it wasn't an inconsistent thing either. He consistently attacks the football full extension in the air. His leaping ability is incredible. Um, I mean, you, he and Judy are going to absolutely wreck uh, the combine, uh, the pro day, whatever they work out at. Their numbers are going to be insane. I mean, they are elite all-time type athletes at the wider receiver position. So from that perspective, I mean, you can say rug size will limit him here and there in the air in the NFL, and that's probably a fair assessment to make. But from the assessment of just watching him last season at the college football level and saying who made the best catches in the air, who made the best contested, you know, high-degree difficulty, full-extension type catches. He was up there with, with anybody, you know. Um, so I think that those two in Alabama are cream of the crop. There are so many other guys, too. I mentioned a bunch of them by name. Uh, LaVisca Chenal. I don't even know if I'm saying his name completely right. Uh, I've heard a couple of different uh, versions of the Colorado wide receiver. He is kind of the, the antithesis of, that, of those guys in some ways. Like, not super polished yet but, and, and may not have elite speed, but he's got really good body control. He's tough. Uh, he's physical after the catch, Six one two fifteen. 2'15". Um, yes, you can wonder a little bit about because of the usage for him, he lines up all over the field for Colorado. Um, you know, How is he going to work against press coverage? Is he going to be able to consistently uh, be a dynamic route runner in terms of being able to create separation if he's lined up on the outside? If he's going to be used in a versatile kind of move-em-all-around role in the NFL, how great of an athlete is he? We've got to see how he tests uh, because you got to be a, gr- a good athlete for the most part to be used. Uh, super versatile like that in the NFL, but still I think you can play him in the slot in the NFL, play him on the outside. He's going to give your team things uh, in both spots. He's going to give him mismatch potential. So he's another one to get really excited about. I mean, this wide receiver, class, he, like Dan is exactly right. I mean, this wide receiver class, we said it all last year when we knew, we knew that far out before last college football season even started that this upcoming wide receiver class was going to be absolutely nuts uh, in 2020. And so, it has just continued to look that way. And after last season, uh, names just, if anything, getting added to the list, well, hardly any fell out of the list. Uh, and I think we're going to see more and more of that uh, this college football season as well.
0: How about the edge rushers, uh, John, just to finish things up? I know a lot of people have been talking about them. It's amazing. It's a great year for the Big Ten. I mean, Chase Young, A.J. Epinesa, uh, the kid from Michigan State, Etor Gross Matos from Penn State seems like a lot of the best rushers are all the Big Ten crew is do you have a a favorite out of those guys
1: yeah I definitely think Chase Young is the best I think the NFL will view him as the best Uh, Epinesa is interesting as well I think the key for Epinesa is going to be how does he test you know he's not the bendiest rusher on tape all the time Um, I think when he can kind of overpower guys and gain a physical advantage on them early in the rep, he's successful. But most of the time, if you look at NFL successful NFL edge rushers, in fact, almost overwhelmingly so, athleticism is really the key that separates them from other guys in their class, uh, other guys in the NFL, you know, if you look at the top guys. and So I think for me, it's going to be watching Epinesse this season to get a feel for his athleticism. Uh, can he bend? Does he have great takeoff speed off the line of scrimmage? Um, things like that will be big questions for me. I have questions with a lot of the top edge guys, Chase Young, not so much. I do think people are going to want to see how flexible he is, how much can he corner, but the dude is so explosive. He's so powerful. He's built so well. Um, he already has such violent hands. I think he's going to figure out the rest. So to me, he's clearly the top guy right now. Um, but I, gross Matos also same thing. You know, I think that for him long, big guy, kind of like Apanessa. um, you know, he thinks he can overpower everybody right now. I don't know if that's always going to be the case in the NFL, Um, and it wasn't even always the case, honestly, in college football. He is very raw, so and good for him that he because he's got. I mean, our was only was a youngster last year and was already flashing and producing uh, because I think there's there's a good ceiling there for sure. Um, how high is that ceiling? That's what he's got to show us this season. You know, can he be a guy that that goes for 15 sacks? Goes for 12 sacks a season. You know, um, can he produce like that? And can he do it in a way that's spread out over a bunch of games and not just feasting on you know the little sisters of the poor? But can he can he do that against some of the top teams and top offensive linemen in the country? Um, that's going to be the key for him. So there are a lot of good, good guys in this class, a lot of guys worth watching. I do think there are kind of some major question marks in the athleticism department with a number of these edge guys um, that could ultimately change the way that – I'm not sure how much it will change the way the NFL team – the NFL teams view them across the board in terms of like the whole group as a whole, but there will be one or two guys that slide if they can't test and, and prove athleticism on the level that we see top guys kind of prove every year in the draft.
0: His name is John Ledyard. You can check him out on Twitter at Ledyard NFL Draft. L-E-D-Y-A-R-D, NFL Draft. John, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Ross. I really appreciate it.
0: Terrific stuff there. Getting so fired up for college football, it's not even funny. College football, by the way, very fun sport to place wagers on. As many of you may realize, go to betonline.ag, use the promo code podcast1, you get a 550 five, bonus on your first deposit. Pretty awesome, right? 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, they've got lines up for basically the whole college football season that you can take advantage of right now, even use some of the insight you just got on today's podcast. Plus, we've got a real NFL game, preseason, but a real NFL game tonight. Broncos, Falcons, actual NFL players, get fired up, place a bet, BetOnline.ag, promo code PODCAST1. That'll do it. For today's edition of the College Draft Podcast, getting very exciting. We'll be watching actual college football soon. Make sure you tell everybody and spread the word about the College Draft Podcast. Uh, And other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out.